It's a semi-regular, ill-defined podcast for the study of modern visual culture. Back at it again at the Krispy Kreme, it's your boy Soup. <laughs> Why Krispy Kreme? Have you never seen the Krispy Kreme vine? No. <laughs> oh my god, Renu, you are missing out on an important part of internet culture. Clearly. Well, it's me, Renu. The return of your, the best Kira Kira Aidoru. <laughs> Not on Love Life. <laughs> sure this is a this is a non-love live podcast oh we just lost like a hundred percent of our viewers <laughs> okay okay i should clarify i should clarify we don't watch love live or i don't i don't at least yeah i don't I mean, think you do i know either. plenty of people who like play it and love it and make merch and everything but you i know. mean i i played it for like a solid 20 minutes okay i just, I mean, I like the rhythm game aspect, and I, you know I'm a sucker for gacha games, but I just, I just can't get into idle stuff. <laughs> you just need to find your one true waifu. That's what they always say. I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> and I'm sure if I find a waifu, it's not going to be amongst the, like, smattering of literal children that is, <laughs> that is love life. But they probably amongst, probably, pro- like, honestly, I get the feeling that I'm, I'm more of, like, an idol master. Than I am a love live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, but that's aside from the point. Mm-hmm. Even even moving past that tangent, uh, before we talk about like what we're doing this episode, we I got beef. <laughs> we got beef. Whatever could be the problem. Okay, <laughs> we've got beef about Hisone Tomasatan. <laughs> You've got beef. I've got beef, and I've got beef with you for not having beef. Because you still don't think, you still don't think that it's like a gross, a gross fetish piece. I just think your reaction to it is really funny, so I have to keep us watching it. In, I mean, okay, the animation is great. Yeah. It's a funny show. Yeah. It's charming. I just yeah. hate that they fucking eat people. <laughs> I don't like that part. Because... There's it's episode three. What are the what are the other girls? Is just like yeah, eat me, mm. and then she gets like half eaten, and he, she's just like, I like this. Yeah, uh, I hate I, that so I much. I was on board for it, and like not really caring about the whole like eating thing up until that point where like that one girl got swallowed, and then she started like blushing like mad, and like seemed to really really enjoy it. And I, don't know, I was like. Okay. <laughs> I hate it. Like because they 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 introduce some like things in the show where they're just like, mm, yes, if you're a good pilot, you, you don't even get you don't disturb the insides of the creature. But then we yeah. have to watch the pilot who disturbs the insides of the creature and she just like squishes all over the place and it's gross and it makes all these squishy noises and I fucking hate it. You don't like squishy dragon insides? No, I hate... That's the thing that I hate in the world the most right at this very moment. <laughs> I bet you never thought it would come to this. <laughs> I I tried to describe this anime to, to someone. 
Or I've mm-hmm. described it to multiple people, and they've all just been like, what the fuck? <laughs> Which is a valid reaction. <laughs> I feel like the concept itself is even weirder than the horse girl anime. <laughs> Somehow. You know, in, in some respects, it really is. Because it's, <laughs> it's not as many things at once as the horse girl anime is. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like that, but it is a lot. Yeah. Different way, yeah. It, where it's just like two or three things, but they're just by themselves individually so much, and then put together, they're even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're even more, <laughs> right? Like horse girl is like additive, where it's just like okay, they're girls who are horses, okay. Plus, they're based, they're like they have names based on like real race horses, okay. Plus, yeah. they're idols, right? And that's yeah. like okay, that's a lot. But then you, but you, here's the thing. In Hisone Tomasatan, it's okay. Dragons exist, mm-hmm. and the and the government keeps them a secret. Like, okay, I'm on board with this. Mm-hmm. They swallow their pilots. Oh no, I hate this. <laughs> and then it's multiplied by the fact that they transform into jet planes, which is like the worst. That's the worst of the worst. It just it becomes like exponentially worse. Well. I think it will take a while before this anime grows on you. <laughs> well, I, the problem is it's a good anime. I just hate that it's about what it's about. And I'm like, not nec- I'm not really sure where it's going either, because it, it looks like they're gearing up to, to some kind of dragon plane war. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know if that's necessarily where they're going, but like I can't think of another place to go without just kind of leaving it in weird slice of life fetish territory. Yeah, I mean they they they're controlling dragon fighter planes, so they gotta like fight at some point, I guess. Right. Like the I feel like the intention here is is that they'll stave off some kind of some kind of aerial threat, and yeah. knowing this show, it'll probably just be a different dragon. <laughs> the ultimate dragon. The ultimate dragon. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Well, no, we have I, to watch <laughs> until that point. One of my friends actually <laughs> said to me, "He's just like, you know, the way that you describe it, I almost feel like I want to watch it just to know what it's like. <laughs> but at the same time, I can't let that be like the second anime ever that I've watched." And I'm just like, no, you really can't. I mean, you're doing the Lord's work by promoting this anime. No, don't watch. Well, okay. I can't I can't say don't watch it because it's not bad. It's just bad. <laughs> <sighs> that's that's enough of me yelling about, about this show. You'll hear complaints about um this show again from me, probably at the end of the season. I can't wait. <laughs> but this week, uh, AT stands for Apple Tart because we're talking about Gourmet Hound. It's yeah. a webtoon, which you can get on your phone, and it's by uh, an artist named Lee Hama. Well, that's not her like real name, but that, no that's, kidding, that's her screen name. <laughs> I, Lee Hama sounds like it could be a real name <laughs> if you kind of split it up into Lee and Hama. But yeah, um, <laughs> so. Before we begin, uh, I wanted to to ask what you've been up to. More specifically, because we're talking about a food thing, uh, how did your cheesecake adventure go? Did you do it? Right. So let's talk about this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. 
So I got oh, inspired dear. to make the, those fluffy, you know, jiggly Japanese cheesecakes from like a panel in this uh, webtoon, right? She's There's one panel where she's eating like a really fluffy Japanese cheesecake and then the the artist drew it all like wiggly. And I was like, oh man, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make Beautiful. that. Beautiful. And so then I talked to you about it and then you were like, yeah, I have a, I had a friend who made one in a rice cooker and it turned out good. And I was like, okay, I kind of want to see how a dessert cooked in a rice cooker will go. So I found a recipe and it seemed pretty straightforward. And the uh, I didn't have the exact type of rice cooker that the uh, the chef who made the recipe made, but um, or the chef who made the recipe had. But uh, he, uh, he had like um, well, they had uh, caveats or like you know addendums to basically for people who don't have a rice cooker that has a cake setting. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently rice, rice cookers, cookers come with cake yes, settings with cake settings you would think within the name rice cooker itself it just cooks rice or like you know other savory-esque foods related to rice but we are truly in the future <laughs> we are in the future where our rice cookers can also make cake <laughs> i mean so. i know that pe- i know that it's like a big thing in japan just to make really like overblown things like the reason that jiggly cheesecakes I feel like exist are in part due to um th- like thick pancakes. Hmm. Okay. Where they'll they'll just make pancakes really really large in a rice cooker. Huh. Wow. We're we're just behind on the times. Well, I I know about this. Well, I'm behind on the times because my rice cooker has a button and you push and it cook. <laughs> and it cook rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I followed the recipe. I had all the, you know, the right ingredients, whatever. Um, and I set it to cook. And the author of the recipe stated that once it pops up to cook, you just got to push down the button again after like five minutes and then it'll start cooking again because uh, you have to wait for it to kind of basically cool or else it'll think that it's ready to, that it's done already and it'll pop up again, right? And so I did that. And I think around the 20 minute mark, it says to bake it for 40 minutes. I checked it at 20 minutes and I was like, hmm, the the outer edges are kind of starting to brown. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Should I take it out? Should I leave it in? But it was only like half of the time, right? So I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'll, I'll just follow the recipe. You know, I don't want it to be like undercooked, right? Mm-hmm. So like I, I cooked it for the full 40 minutes Uh-oh. and then I come back and it does not smell great. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so the end of the recipe says, you know, put a, t- a plate on top and then invert it, so you know you can flip out the, the the cake, right? So I do that, and then the cake lands on the plate with like a solid splat, and oh, I was like, no. oh no! And so then I lift up the rice cooker bowl, and it is just like a really, it, it has the height of like a normal american cheesecake right so it like it had fluffed up at one point when i had first checked on it it had already fluffed up but then during the last 20 minutes that i guess i overcooked it it went back down right (laughs) like a souffle (laughs) and on top of that because it was inverted right because the the cake is technically upside down now it's just like this black crust oh no (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? 
it it still jiggles technically even though it's a lot so i was like okay you know what the recipe says to let it set in the fridge for at least an hour and so it was right before i was gonna go to bed anyway so i was like okay i'm just gonna have it in the fridge overnight and next day i'll i'll try it and see if it turned out okay uh so that's what i did tonight (laughs) and like i cut off the burnt crust obviously and i cut myself a little slice and the inside looked okay right it didn't look as like smooth and creamy or whatever as i would have imagined but i was like okay whatever Mm -hmm. had a bite of it after i finished my dinner and the consistency (laughs) tasted like cottage cheese oh, <laughs> but, disgusting. but then it had like like it was like once it enters your mouth it has like that sharp eggy flavor but then it it goes away like almost immediately and then you're just left with this bland purely cake flavor with none of the sugar what, <laughs> what happened to the cheese <laughs> anymore and i i definitely added sugar and that's the whole reason you're supposed to let it set instead of like eating it right away is because the recipe said like if you eat it right away it's gonna taste really eggy so like make sure it sets and then some of the sweetness will be able to come out and i was like cool well i have it like setting for like a whole day in the fridge (laughs) so i think i don't think i should make a dessert in the rice cooker anymore (laughs) well okay so I I'm, I'm I think I can I, I think I can recognize and diagnose some of your issues. <laughs> I think you definitely overcooked it, and I think in overcooking it, you brought out more of the egg flavor. <laughs> uh, you you probably should not have left it in for the full forty minutes. Yeah, like there are many variables in a recipe, and uh, <laughs> if it looks like it's it's good. You shouldn't go farther. Like, I've had this issue, and to be fair, um, I, I have this issue with hollandaise sauce, and hollandaise sauce is impossible to make. Mm. But yeah, I, I once I was once doing it where I was like, okay, it's at an okay consistency, but I want it to be a little, like, you know, creamier and, and thicker, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook it a little bit more, and then it just separates, and I'm like, well, that's, fuck my life. Mm. But that's just because hollandaise sauce is impossible to make, because you have to emulsify butter and egg yolks without cooking the egg yolks it's it's a whole process anyway that is a lot (laughs) so i i think i think most of your issue might be that you you overcooked it you have an oven right i have an oven but i wanted to try the rice cooker thing because that sounded cool (laughs) i mean yeah and it it worked for my friend so i'm just thinking that you just you just maybe overcooked i think i should have just taken it out at that 20 minute mark because it was, it had, it looked fluffy and nice. You should, yeah, yeah that's what you should have done. Um, yeah, I think if you try again, you tr- <laughs> no. you try not cooking it for a full forty minutes. Um, because I don't obviously, try again. obviously your rice cooker rice. is too strong. Uh, <laughs> it is the Tiger brand rice cooker. <laughs> that is a very. I think I have that brand too. Actually, it's the most reliable one in my experience. And uh, if you don't want to do that, then uh, uh, what I recommend is that you just just make it in the oven like a normal yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I definitely don't want to give up on this 
cake. Like, I definitely want to make it. And I think because this one was bleh, I'm going to... I have to throw it out. I cannot eat it. <laughs> yeah, you're in the you're in the pursuit of the perfect fluffy cheesecake. Yeah. Did you Okay, here's here's my fluffy cheesecake story. Okay. Aside from the one I ate in my friend's dorm room, which was tasty and fluffy. Okay. Um I I went to Japan for like three days. Mm-hmm. Two summers ago. Uh mm-hmm. I went with my well, I was I was I went with my family because I was staying with my my aunt and my uncle and their kids that live in, in Korea. So mm-hmm. we all took a trip to Japan over the summer, and I was essentially acting as the translator, of course, because I know more than zero, <laughs> which is more than <laughs> more you can say for the rest of my family, uh-huh. um, as noted by my uncle, who would just kind of go around and say English very slowly and hope people would understand him. Oh, great. I mean, yeah, my my uncle's a lot, <laughs> and his, his kids can attest to that, too. <laughs> He's a lot. <laughs> He's he's a lot. He has a lot of dad power. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. His his dad level is through the roof. <laughs> Good. So we essentially uh, we just stood in line at like the really famous cheesecake place for like half an hour because my aunt really wanted this cheesecake. Like she she really wanted this cheesecake, and when we eventually got it, she she was like holding on to it. She was like, "This is my baby now." Eventually, we took the cheesecake back to Korea with us, and we had it over the next couple of days. You ate so the good. baby? We had to eat the baby. She wanted <laughs> to eat the baby. She she got the baby for the express purpose of protecting it long enough to eat it. <laughs> you ate the baby. <laughs> anyway, that, that cheesecake was really good. Okay, well, that's good. it was made by someone who did not, you know cook it in a rice cooker without knowing what they were doing <laughs> no it's it's made by that it's made by like um I, I think this is the place that like maybe originated the cheesecake which is why it's so famous oh but they have that thing where they just like set out like 18 jiggling cheesecakes and then they take like a hot iron brand and then they brand all of them bruh i need to get to that level <laughs> i mean maybe maybe focus on making it <laughs> like ed- edible first you turned into dark matter <laughs> <laughs> it was the most unsuccessful cheesecake or cake in general that I've ever made. Like I'm usually like cake's my favorite thing to bake, and that was not. Like what what happened was you're literally the person who's just like I followed the recipe. What went wrong? I know what went wrong. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I just hate that it went wrong. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You'll get them. You'll get them. I'll get them. My my problem was following the rules. I should have. I should have broken them as yeah. soon as I opened yeah. that rice cooker well, and saw it was fine. That's the thing about cooking is you're allowed to break the rules because they're, yeah. they're, they're not real. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're actually just suggestions. Yeah, yeah. They're like kind of like guidelines, like soft guidelines. Like I have to change every recipe that I ever make when I look them up because I have a an electric stove. And most people who do cooking recipes have uh, like burners, like yeah. like fire but fire <laughs> which is interesting because on one hand i understand because it provides a more even and consistent and better controlling heat mm-hmm. but on the other hand i feel like the vast majority of people these days have electric stoves so yeah even though you're you you have to be better at cooking it makes it a lot harder for the your audience it's weird it's it's a really weird problem to have but yeah, yeah. i manage i manage I, my hardest my hardest task is making sure meat comes out well because 
it's just so difficult to control the heat on an electric stove. <laughs> we gotta get you a gas stove. You gotta get me a gas stove for my birthday, and I'll install it in my house. I'll just casually get you one. And my, according to my parents who own a gas stove, it's like overall usage is is cheaper for them than using an electric stove. Like yeah, in terms I, I of bet. Utility. Mm-hmm. Let's move on from my cheesecake venture, and we will revisit it when I try again. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll ask for weekly updates now. Oh my god! <laughs> it'll be it'll be it's fine it's fine. One one day it'll be it's like fine. I made the perfect cheesecake and oh, man. now I won at life. Congratulations, everybody. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> By then we'll have our our anime cooking show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen one, one way or another. Mm-hmm. We're gonna find a way to do this, and if it involves like if it involves crowdsourcing and money, then so be it. <laughs> we we live in separate states, so somehow we need to meet up and cook together. The well, the problem isn't even that we necessarily live in separate states; it's that we live in two states that are two time zones apart. <laughs> like if you lived in Nevada, it would just be like really easy. Yeah. But if you lived in Oregon, it would be very difficult for me to get to you. But yeah. because you live even farther than that, it's not even fathomable for me to drive <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> we can only fly. I mean, this is this is a this is a thing though, which is like California is really big and some people don't even like process how big it is. Where Los Angeles is like an eight to nine hour drive on like an okay day from here <laughs> where I live. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's just it's, so it's hard so for me to small. go anywhere that's not San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Like like when I when I land in Los Angeles for like, you know, the the airport or whatever, like I'm shocked at how sprawling it is and like as we keep getting closer and closer, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the city keeps getting bigger and bigger." <laughs> Dude, it's it's big. It is yeah. large. Yeah. Large and in charge. It's the opposite of San Francisco. Because San Francisco is just so small that you will miss it. <laughs> it's too small. It's too small. Anyway, let's let's talk about our our thing. Um, so this week we're talking about a web comic. Um, that is is called Gourmet Hound. It's about food, uh, but more specifically, it's about a a person who has a really good sense of smell, and she has a favorite restaurant, and her grandma was friends with the owner. And then one day the flavor of the restaurant changed and she is looking for the perfect dish, basically, that brings her lots of joy. Yeah, she's trying to, like, reclaim the flavor of this uh, restaurant that basically she grew up with this food. And so the reason why it's so important to her and so dear to her, uh, which we'll, like, touch into later on, is that she says that it tastes like home and when the re- the the flavor of the restaurant changed. She felt like her home was missing. And because her grandmother has passed away at this point, it also just, uh, it, she's, it, it feeds into how she's even more, you know, motivated to find where, what happened to the chefs of this restaurant. So let's start by talking about the art because I, I like it a lot. I adore it. <laughs> it's it's very cute. It's super cute, and like anyone who would ever criticize this art probably doesn't know what it's like to have to 
because this person updates their comic bi-weekly every Wednesday and Sunday. Every Wednesday and Sunday. I can't fathom how much work goes into this. Because so much work. There, there are, like, more, more often than not, there are just, like, these, like, full body shots. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow, that's three characters standing in relation to each other with mm-hmm. all of their bodies showing. That's so mm-hmm. much. And they look fashionable. <laughs> I know. I love, I love that all the characters have, like, all these different clothes and... Distinct senses of fashion. It's one of my favorite things. Yes. Um, it's one of the things I really like about Sailor Moon is that they have actual clothes instead of mm-hmm. just uniforms all the time forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah. also have uniforms, but... Yeah, but they have other stuff in addition to that. Yeah. Casual casual clothes are one of my favorite, like, tropes in in uh, media. Like, having having different senses of fashion. And it's something that you can't necessarily accomplish well in literature without dwelling too much on being kind of pedantic and slow. Right. But in, in a visual medium, it's really important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Right, because if it's in literature, it's like, there's almost never not a reason to, like, you have to read into why they're wearing, or why they're describing certain clothes, because there's just, like, uh, pacing is pacing is an economy that you must use sparingly. Right. Let's, let's just say that. No, yeah, I, I love the art style a lot, and th- uh, I've been following this artist for a while, and I was looking through her art the other day, trying to figure out when exactly I followed her, but I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Was it because been, of the so webtoon? Uh, it wasn't because of the webtoon. I actually remember when the webtoon had like two or three episodes, and I was like, oh, oh the artist that I like is doing a webtoon. Hmm. Um, they actually, she actually um, has another, uh, another webcomic called Flowerpot that I've never read, but is on hiatus. Oh, yeah, I saw I, I when I checked out her too. Twitter. Yeah, I saw that she had another one, and I was interested in reading it. Yeah, but the 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 work is going into gourmet hand right now, and I, it's, there's a lot about it that's, like, very charming to me. Um, the art style is definitely one of them. The The artist has such a, such a unique uh, art style that is, it, it kind of is comfortably cartoony, mm-hmm. while at the same time being, like, it's... You know what? Okay, so the words that I would use to describe this this art style are comfortable and gentle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a much of a better way to put it than that. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 soft. It's soft. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. We got it. We got it. It's soft. <laughs> See, Sue, be soft, boy. <laughs> no, I can only be hard. <laughs> Stop. Only hard. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I must be hard like like my, my boys Kirishima and Tetsu 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 Tetsu. No, <laughs> he's so hard. He's made of iron. No, no. <laughs> me soft cooking boy. <laughs> Listen, I'm also a soft cooking boy. I can be both. You can be both. <laughs> soft cooking boy and hard anime boy. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot to like about it and. I it feels very much like a webtoon. There are a lot of mm-hmm. shots which it's like just a character's expression or face. Right. Um but it flows really well because mm-hmm. the the paneling is really good. Mhm. Yeah, and the paneling and the pacing feel right on target for what kind of story uh they want to tell. And plus it yeah. Plus the visuals of the food. Mm. <laughs> 10 out of 10 mm. would eat mm-hmm. with my mouth. <laughs> Would would eat with my mouth if possible, but because not with brain, <laughs> only brain. 
I like that the author, um, like during the Q and A part of the webtoon, says that they're not actually like you know a professional chef or anything like that. They just really like cooking shows. <laughs> I mean, honestly, same. <laughs> like I would, I would say I'm I'm an okay cook, mm-hmm. uh, but I have a great passion for food, and I appreciate that that comes through because yeah. I too watch too many cooking shows. Yeah, I like that rather than focusing there is there's a bit of drama in terms of like you know uh like the like chef egos and and stuff like that but more than the the that type of process it's more focused on like the dynamics of people and and not not so much like the drama necessarily like yeah. you might see on like i don't know like all those real dramatic cooking shows like well, Hell's Kitchen and stuff. The pace, the pace of the the comic actually is like right up my alley because it's very, um, it doesn't meander a lot. It's mm-hmm. kind of slice of lifey in tone. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're still making progress towards a goal. Um, yes. And there are elements of drama to it, but it doesn't linger in the drama necessarily. Yeah. Um, it exists as an aspect of of the of the comic, but not the defining genre of it. Right. And I like that there is like an overarching mystery that we have to. I want to know what happens. Yeah. I want to know what happens. And so that's another motivating factor for you to read this comic is like, yeah, of course it's, it's kind of slice of lifey in in how you just kind of like gradually enjoy and go along with the ride. But there is a definite conclusion that she's going to draw. By the end of this series, and it's gonna it's gonna be good. I feel it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so far. I have I have been satisfied with uh, the the direction that the comic has been going. But before mm-hmm. we stray too far away from art, I want to talk about the the great way that food is depicted visually. And this is something mm-hmm. that I think I've actually mentioned before on the podcast, but I just don't remember where. Where. Oh, you know what? It was probably it was probably the Shokugeki cast. Huh? That's exactly what I was thinking. It was probably the Shokugeki one. <laughs> that's, that's actually probably exactly where it was. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> just the way that uh, food is food is detect like taste specifically is is depicted visually is is really great. Yes. Um, because I get a sense of how it would taste, not just because you know I know how food tastes and I yeah. think about how food tastes together a lot. Yeah. That's definitely part of it, but um, the sort of Colors and textures that we get visually convey yeah. a lot of what it's like to eat a food. Right. Maybe maybe not exactly taste wise, but like emotionally, the the reception of the food. Right. I think that's really like important. I I love that. Like of course the the artist put like so much effort into drawing the food, but then also like she's really good at conveying expressions, and so like the main character Lucy, you love watching her eat because she so clearly enjoys it that it makes you feel like you're living vicariously through her. <laughs> God, I you know what, that's one of my my greatest like appreciations is people who really like something. Mm-hmm. And watching them really enjoy that thing is is really gratifying. Like I I have I follow a lot of like food channels where people just go around to like different countries and eat food mm-hmm. and watching them just sort of experience the pure joy of eating to me is like really, really fun and nice and important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and like to the, to the point, like I get that with this. Yeah, me too. 
Um, do you want to talk about the story? Sure. So, as we stated in the beginning, it's about uh, this main character. Her name is Lucy Fuji, and she is trying to reclaim the flavor of this restaurant that she's been to since she was a little girl called Dimanche, where uh, she her grandmother was best friends with the owner, uh, Chef Bartlett. And, uh, you know, they were, she, she grew up, you know, eating the chef's food and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, uh, one day the, the flavor of the restaurant changes and now she's on a quest to find where the chefs of that restaurant disappeared to and, um, see which of these chefs was responsible for that special home tasting, you know, flavor that, that she's missed she's um, looking for the perfect dish but she just doesn't remember what it is yeah well <laughs> so like there's there were of course there were several chefs in the kitchen at that time uh but she you know she doesn't know who and so she manages through uh, a series of fun coincidences to meet a an ex-chef of that kitchen who left uh, before the time when she noticed that the uh, flavor changed. So she basically automatically ruled uh, these two chefs that she meets out of that you know potential list. Um, and But they provide her with a list of the chefs that they knew um, from that time when they left. And where they kn- and, and the ones that they knew like uh, in terms of like locations, like which locations they know. Um, but the one that they absolutely don't know is where chef Bartlett went and he mysteriously you know just up and disappeared without a single trace um at some point uh during the restaurant's you know history and that was what caused the fallout of the entire kitchen's staff and that was what caused them all to go their separate ways um so yeah, Lucy is on a way to on her way to going down this list and and trying to find a way to eat the cooking of these amazing chefs who would probably never cook for her because she is poor child. <laughs> and this poor these, child. Yeah, these chefs cater to very very rich restaurants, and you know their their cooking is top top notch because this restaurants you know it that that's the kind of crowd that it, it served. And she would only be able to eat there, like, you know, once per year, maybe, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I, I like it a lot because it's it's a very sort of simple and clear goal. Yeah. That allows for a lot of fun exploration um, along the way. It, it, yeah. It, 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 like, it's not overly complicated, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that... I think a lot of webcomics have the potential to be caught up in that where mm-hmm. they can get too ambitious um, and they can get too, I guess, like sidetracked almost, right? right? Like it yeah. it never feels like we're in a situation where it, like we're not doing anything important, right? Like every mm-hmm. every moment feels like we're, we're moving towards something um, or we're displaying something. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's really great to me. Uh, I I am a sucker for a story like this, and I like tall, handsome grandpa. <laughs> and I can't, I can't. I'm just, I'm so here for the slow burn romance 
I am I am just a sucker for it anytime that it happens and I feel it in my guts. It's hitting me. It's giving me that delicious slow burn. I feel like it's warming me from the inside out. I also agree that aside from the restaurant mystery, that that's another motivating factor to read this webtoon because you don't know how this romance is going to develop, but you know that this webtoon is classified in the romance genre. Like the author, you know, made sure of that. So there is going to be a romance and it's developing. <laughs> oh, I just, I just want it. You just want it. It's so good. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> slow burn romance aside, th there's mm -hmm. a couple of reasons why this is so, um, th like this is so up my alley. Like everything yes. about it speaks to me. Yeah. And it's why I made you read it. Yeah, it also speaks to me, so I, I agree. <laughs> you got that slow burn romance? <laughs> it's not like they hate each other. They, they, like, they're just... Oh, I, it's so yeah, bad. I like that they're not like that typical, like, rah, 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 like always like fighting, but they actually like each other type of thing. It's like they, they do bicker, and they but they also like kind of tease each other, and they're kind of like, you know, they act like how I imagine most people would. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I am, I am admittedly a sucker for hate to friend to love but yeah um, i mean i am too but i i guess i like i've seen it so often that i like that this this dynamic is a little gentler than that it's like yeah it's i mean like, it's it's refreshing back. and it also fits the tone uh yeah of of the comic a lot better yeah and it's just so nice like yeah, it's which, just so yeah. nice i i remember when she posted like her concept art about this webtoon that they did have a dynamic more similar to that where they would bicker pretty viciously like constantly but then i guess as she developed the story and stuff like that or the characters then it became what it is now yeah it's it's a very i think it's a very soft show with some mm -hmm. some hard themes mm -hmm. um it's about food of course yeah super up my alley yeah and you know we'll we'll talk about that mm -hmm. uh, but there's lots of dogs Oh my god, the dogs. <laughs> they're just I there's so many dogs and I love all of them. They're so good. <laughs> and also the comedy's right up my alley. It's it is my particular brand of humor because it's a lot of sort of outrageous statements and then um almost like underwhelming kind of deadpan responses or or reactions and I think the expression work is like really great because it's really good. Like even just like the, the the placement of like the speech bubbles and then like how like she'll like bold like the the straight man comment and it's just like really I'm like oh I love it. <laughs> like I it's can hear so their good. voices in my head like it's you so know good, like yeah. arguing back and forth or whatever. No, the, the writing <laughs> of the comic itself is is actually quite good. Um, yeah, the the comedy of it really tends to land a lot, especially with me. Because, like, I mentioned, like, I'm a sucker for this kind of thing. There's a lot of just, it's sort of like dry, deadpan humor, but I just, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for it. I fall for it every time. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> uh, tall, handsome grandpa. Yeah, and, and they also have a pun here and there, you know. Oh, they're, all their names are puns on food. All their names are puns. Are, it's so good. <laughs> I, as, as somebody who, who likes stories with 
puns and them and names that mean things. It, it's pulling double duty, and I love it. <laughs> Listen, it's it's pulling double duty, and I love it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of of love and care put into the webcomic, obviously, uh, but there's there's stuff that really shows that there's like a little little attention to detail. Um, and part of this is like the little aside comments that happen that are very like manga esque. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, um, like the actual dialogue, and then little like side comments about it, like in the, in the margins of the of the speech bubble. It's mm-hmm. very shoujo manga. Yeah. Um, but I like that too. But also just like recognition of like background characters and like stuff like that. Where like Lucy is just like, "Hello, everybody. Hello, <laughs> everybody. Oh, let's, let's be friends." I love it. Yeah, I like it a lot. There's a lot to like about it. Hmm. So let's talk about characters, because I think mm. that's that's one of the areas that this webcomic really shines. Yes. Um, there's I have a lot of appreciation for and, you know, it kind of goes without saying, like, uh, as as a comic that is, you know, more or less a passion project by, by mm-hmm. an independent creator, um, you get to see a lot more uh, diversity in, in the casting, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. in the character designs themselves, you know. From yeah. race to sexuality to body type. Yeah, it's it's great. And it's also like they, they're each in themselves like so memorable. Like you list me like a name from any any character in this webtoon and I'll picture them exactly, which does not happen for me in hardly any other series that I watch or read. It, you right. know, the names and faces start blending together. All like I'll remember the face, but I won't remember the name. Whereas in here, it's like instantly. I know. I know who it is you're talking about. <laughs> And I that's I think part of that is because of um the love and care that goes into each character. Mm-hmm. Like it really feels like um, you know, even if a character isn't like a main character, um, or even, you know, a secondary character, right? It, it mm-hmm. they're they're memorable because it feels like um they're not trivial. You know, right. They matter. Right. And and because I feel like a lot of times in sort of big anime it's very possible for a lot of characters to get buried or lost. Yeah. You know, because they're not as important, right? They're, they don't mm-hmm. have as much weight to them because they're not as consequential to the story. But, you know, because in, in a webcomic like this, you know, there's a lot of um, the update schedule, you know, while, while it's like kind of rigorous, right? You know, every Wednesday and Sunday is a lot of work to do. Yeah. There's still a lot of, of attention paid to the characters and each mm-hmm. one of them and how they're crafted and how they're depicted. Mm-hmm. And, I'm glad that we get stuff like this because, you know, professional sort of stuff, I, I feel like a lot of the times lags behind the, the independent stuff when it comes to, to things like representation and, and things like, you know, nuanced character portrayal. Like, I love Walt's family. Yes. Like, not, not only because it's just, it's just lesbians, <laughs> but because... Okay, hang on, hear me out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hear here me out. Here we go. <laughs> but because they're like they're likable, they're adults, and they have like a realistic family dynamic where it's just like, hey, I hope it's okay that like I ate that thing in the fridge, and mm-hmm. Walt's like, I'm gonna die, <laughs> and, and Walt's other mom is just like, you're tearing this family apart. Like there was literally only one scene with them, and you already like just automatically like fall in it's love with them because already, they're so good. Like already very charming. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so impossibly charming. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it never feels to me like there's a character that that is is um, meant to be likable that isn't. Yeah. They're they're all just and I think a, a large part of this is like sincerity, right? There's like a very sincere effort put in to to make sure that these people are charming and nice and fun, but in different ways where they're not all the same. Right. Like they, they act like people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, I, I think there is some merit to be had to situations where, you know, you have something where people don't necessarily act like people, but it's still a good story mm-hmm. um, or the characters are still good. Like, I, I think realisticness is, is kind of over, um, overvalued as, as a trait when in reality, you know, it's it's more things like consistency and you know thematic stuff and you know why a character is there and how they're acting matters in this way or that way. But I think for a series like this, it's uh it's an asset for them to to act like real people. Yeah, I agree. Like it 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 moves the story forward, it adds more charm, more vitality to the world that they're in, even though it's like you know, it's like modern day society, you know, humdrum life, but like you feel so invested in what's going on because you love these characters so much. I mean, it's also just like, it feels more real because, and, and in a large part because of like the diversity of the character designs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. It feels colorful. And- right. It's, it's, it, it's reflective of, of actual experiences like living in real life where you're just like, yeah, yeah that was, I know like eight lesbians. <laughs> And like sixteen gay people, that's just how it be, you know. <laughs> how it be? It's just how it be. Like not everybody I talk to is a white person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad for it. And I think there's, there's a large part of this um, is is a very concerted effort from from somebody who themselves is is underrepresented in media. And like that's that's why it's so important to have you know um, even beyond diverse like casting and diverse character design uh, it's important to have you know diverse creators yes yeah it, they they shed perspective on things that you wouldn't necessarily think about but once you see it you're like oh yeah you're there isn't much media about this or that right and i enjoy it and i hope i hope you know that anytime anything happens from now on, I'm gonna I'm gonna say to you, you're tearing this family apart. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Why can't it be you tearing this family apart? Because I'm always tearing the family apart. That's normal. <laughs> but when I do it, it's a rarity, and therefore must it, be pointed yeah, out. <laughs> it's a rarity. If you if you're te- you're like the rock of the family, like you're the stable ground. If you start tearing the family apart, we got nowhere to go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You're I'll our take ground. that as a part compliment. <laughs> You're our rock, Renu. Our rock. <laughs> rock. Rock. You're like you you're our mom friend. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Except you're your papa, so you're your papa. I'm away. papa friend. <laughs> papa friend. Pop pop mom friend. <laughs> alright, alright, papa friend. Play catch with me. I'm lonely. <laughs> I wanna talk about baseball. And I don't, I don't actually. You care about you don't even want to watch sports anime. Like, how are you gonna actually play a sport? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, you know, I think that there is some merit to sports anime, even though I don't like them. In that they are more interesting to me than regular sports. 
<laughs> because well, like there's a there's a concern. I mean, and this is a this is an interesting thing, which is like um, traditional sports themselves do have this meta layer of of story building to them where sure. um a narrative is is kind of weaved together about a certain team and it's like yeah. interesting or cool when like something happens right and yeah. this is something that was taken to the extreme with with newer sports like wrestling like professional wrestling is just dramatic mm -hmm. theater with punching <laughs> and fighting i guess not punching because they're wrestling but you mean like like the like the wwe raw stuff right like wwe and raw are just they're just dramatic theater with more violence. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, we, we get a glimpse more into it with, you know, burgeoning esports where teams build rivalries and they, they trade players and they, they trade like smack talk and it's great. And I, I like it. I understand now like very much why people like sports. And <laughs> I understood it conceptually before. This is a thing I will say over and over again. I understood conceptually why people like sports. But I get it a lot more now that I'm watching stuff like Overwatch League because I'm like, yeah. oh, each of those players has like roles and it would be kind of weird if they like strayed away from them, which is why it's weird that Soul decided to have their main uh, healer be a tank. But the, okay, that's aside from the point. It's, it's we weird. <laughs> but like, you know, you, you get invested in these players and, and their stories and how they perform. Right. And ultimately it, it, it ends up being very satisfying. And it also means that like you also want to just do that thing that they're doing right like i never understood necessarily why people wanted to play football all the time but now i understand because i play overwatch for like three or four hours every day <laughs> it was just uh you wanted you you had to find the sport that called to you and for you it was an esport it, it was it was a video game which means that society will frown I mean, they're starting to play esports and like they're the regular around. bars and, and stuff around. too. Yeah, they're killing it, and so I think it's gradually being more and more accepted. They actually had um, they actually had uh, two of the two of the players from the Houston Outlaws on the Today Show. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Oh Houston. <laughs> oh Houston. No, yeah. There's those those boys are doing good work. Those Houston boys. Those good good Houston boys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, do you have a favorite character? Uh, ooh. Can you choose one out of all of the the good good children? Oh no! You're asking me to choose between my kids. I know. I know. Uh, I think, um, because she so resembles a very dear dear friend of mine. I really like Bree. Oh, Bree's so, um, so good, so good. Yeah, she's she's like a grown up version. Well, I mean, my friend is grown up, but like a more, even more adult, like a like grown 30s. up version of my like mid to like late twenties yeah. friend. She's she's late twenties friend, but Brie is in her thirties or is thirty, and so uh, maybe if my friend was in her thirties, then this then she would be more like Brie. That's, that's fair. <laughs> Have more of her life together. <laughs> but yeah, I I really like Brie. Um. I really love the main characters, Lucy and then Graham. I love Lemon. Okay, let's talk about Lemon. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> if you want to. Uh, I mean, there isn't much to say other than he's freaking cute, cute, cute. It's and then good, the good fact boy. that Lucy got him a little bandana with eggs on with it. eggs on it. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. So I cute. Love 
And then he texts her like, why would you get a dog named Lemon a bandana with eggs on it? You're going to think he's named Egg. <laughs> now, having said that, I want to get a dog, name him Egg, and give him a lemon bandana. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> it's like, what? hey, you're... Okay, first of all, why did you name your dog Egg? Egg. And I'll like, shrug. <laughs> and second of all, why does your dog named Egg have a bandana with lemons on it? Oh, you have, haven't you heard about Gourmet Hound? <laughs> it's and they'll a be nice like, breaker. Nani? Nani? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, I honestly, I do actually really love all the characters, even like the minor background characters, because they do, like we talked about earlier, they all they all get their own special treatment, and so it's good. I love it. Do you have any favoritos? It's so hard for me to choose. It's so hard mm-hmm. for me to choose. I don't know why I ask this question when I can't answer it. I, I think that my favorites are are the main characters, um, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't I couldn't choose between them because I love I love my like hardworking sad boy Graham and my my strong girl Lucy. She's mm-hmm. just so strong. She She's broke so a door. <laughs> she just broke a door. Just like hey, oops. <laughs> that was that was honestly one of uh, like one of my favorite scenes when she breaks the door in and he comes out. He's like, did you break my door down? <laughs> And he's just got what? that expression on his face. It's just like, what? Yeah. Like, she's just, like, standing there. She's like, there was a fire. And uh, and then she just has the door handle in her hand. And she's like, also, I think I broke your door. Also, I think I broke your door. <laughs> I thought there was an old person trapped in here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that she calls him Gramps. I, think very I love that they keep up with the joke. Also, yeah, the tall, handsome grandpa joke. Yes. It comes back so many times. I love it. I love the depiction of the tall, handsome grandpa, too, in, like, Joanna and Walt's, like, imaginations of just, would you like a piece of candy? Round head and long legs for days. He's just so so long. (laughs) And then they see him and they're just like, that's a handsome man. What are you talking about? You know he's only like 29 and you're still calling him a grandpa? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, but his hair. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you know what? It's just because of his hair. He's just He just looks like an old person. I love, I, I love that he was like a rebellious boy with cartilage piercings. <laughs> but I like that his hair was bleached only because he lost a bet. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's very real. That's so real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had um, some some of the uh, people in the hall bet on who would win the Super Bowl, and one of them lost and had to dye her hair green. Aww. <laughs> it didn't turn out very green, I don't think. I, I, I think whatever happened with the dye was just like, it just kind of looked brown. Oh, did, did she like dye it at home, I imagine? No, she dyed it in the dorms. Oh, okay, that's even worse. Well, my, my roommate actually won the bet, so he bought the dye, and it just didn't turn out well, which is unfortunate. But, oh well. I mean, I guess yeah, in some guess ways you dodge a bullet there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very about all the characters. Like I, like I said, they're like all written very well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of care put into them. And th- this is like a thing where thematically I'm very into all of the things that this webcomic is doing. Because there's a lot of... I feel like a lot of times when, when somebody wants to, to write a story, uh, they can kind of get caught up in, in the minutia of the story where it's just like you know, I want this character and I want them to do this and this and this 
and at the end of the day, they're not really thinking about like why they're making the story. And like, this isn't to say you can't make a meaningful story without thinking about the kind of themes that you want to explore, but just that it's a lot easier to, uh, if you do. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think about like, like, why is this story important for you to tell? Right. Like this, this is a story about food, but it's a story about all of the ways in which food affects relationships and people and how it brings them together and drives them apart. Mm -hmm. It's, and this is something that, that happens with, with Olive when we, when we talk about Olive. I love Olive. She's so precious. And I feel, (laughs) I feel for her as somebody who also feels like they just have to take care of everything. Yeah. me too. And that everything has to be perfect. Yeah. She's very relatable. She's super relatable. And she's so round and happy. She's so happy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like she just wants to make people happy. And that's that yeah. that hits very close to home. Mm-hmm. I really like that where um we get a, a scene, like a flashback where um her, her older sister Pepper has come home from college and has eaten her cooking and is like crying. And yes. it's just like it's like, why why are you crying? Is it too spicy? And she's like, No, yeah. it's just I missed home, and that yeah. really that really hit home for me in a, in a lot of me ways. Me too. Okay, I accidentally made a pun there, um, <laughs> but it it really resonated with me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Where it was just like you know, food as as this conception of home, uh, yeah. uh, of comfort, and of of like familiarness, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, like I've just I'm finishing up essentially my first year away from home. Um, right. And I don't really get homesick. So this isn't a problem I have as much because like my family isn't necessarily like super emotionally close to begin with. Right. But at the same time, it's like conceptually, I understand. And like I emotionally, it resonates with me uh, on a level that um, is is very meaningful. Like I, I right. honestly felt like I, I felt that emotion. I was like, oh, yeah. 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 It, it it's so like like I was shocked to see it identified into pictures and words. Like something that I've always known my whole life, but didn't put into words until basically until reading this webtoon. Right. And it it hit home for me in terms of like why I like food so much and why I think it's so important, not necessarily just because, you know, uh, survival or whatever right of course that's important but then also like yeah it reminds you of of your family of of eating at home around the table and the taste is it brings you right back to to those moments and i know like the people in my life who also really enjoy food also come from similar backgrounds where it's like yeah i mean not everything's perfect but they would eat together and they would eat around a meal that was very lovingly crafted by, you know, someone in the family. Right. And this, this I think is, is probably something that, that comes from the only real times that my family like hangs out with each other is if we go out to dinner. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's what's binding us. That, that I think speaks to most people. Mm -hmm. This, this idea of, of food is comfort in this home. Right. And I really appreciate that. Like, you know, like Olive's arc is about this, about food as as family and as comfort. Right. Uh, with with Lucy, it's it's very similar, mm-hmm. but in, in a way, it's also like um, her family dynamic, where her uh, like father and her grandfather couldn't really enjoy a lot of food because because right. they had such strong senses of smell. 
and it was mm-hmm. like over overpowering. Um, I like that that's leveraged in a way that feels meaningful where you yeah. know, she's just like, I want to like, I wanted to be someone who appreciates and, and enjoys food because, you know, they couldn't. And it, right. it speaks very it, like it, it speaks with a lot of sincerity to it. Yeah, I loved learning that about her because before that, like her sen- her keen sense of smell or whatever, like it felt like. I mean, it was just like a quirk of her personality or, you know, her her Webtoon magic. Right. And and then you actually learn like the backstory and why and how she reacts certain ways about it. Right. Like like how Graham feels so guilty about using her sense of smell to find the ring and, and how she explains about like how, you know, she was kind of like used for it, that kind of thing. It doesn't feel super great. And and explains about her grandfather and father and and all that. I don't know. It's it's awesome. And I, as like a tangent to the food as home theme, it reminded me of uh, Spirited Away and how Miyazaki frequently treats food like sometimes, you know, it's out of very out of comfort, right? Mm-hmm. And then he also shows examples where it's shown to be like a symbol of greed and excessiveness. So it can be right. it can be either or. Yeah, and, and there's there's kind of this like duality between um, Lucy and Graham, where mm-hmm. like there, there's kind of the surface level, like obviously, like oh, she has a very good sense of smell, and he doesn't really have like any at all because of his like injury. Right. Then you have like what food kind of like means to them, where you know Lucy is somebody who can't like she doesn't necessarily want to leverage her talents because she's not like interested in cooking necessarily, but in food. Right. Like she, she kind of comes out and says, like you know, people were asking me, like you know, why, why aren't you doing this or that with your talents, right? And you know, it's like I don't want to do that, and it right. is, you know, uh, it feels like that. I think like ve- that hits very close for me personally because like I get a lot of questions about why are you a literature major because right. you know it's like you you have all these like interests like food. Um, you're really like you were good at math in high school it's like yeah I was good at math but I didn't like it right sure. and it's just like uh, you like video games why aren't you in the video game major right I yeah, mean one yeah. of those is like I didn't know it existed mm-hmm. the second one is I I again don't like math and I don't want to do computer science and like three I just think it would be more valuable like in general for me to be a lit major um, sure yeah I mean it's it's not any different than like Telling a tall person, like, why don't you play basketball? Like, that right. kind of thing. Exactly. Like- <laughs> yeah. It, and, and it's like, there's that where, and you know, um, Lucy is somebody who's not necessarily using her, you know, talents for something that seems applicable. Right. And, and Graham kind of is, is the other way where he, it, it, at some point, was using his talents, you know, in a way that was, because, um, you know he's he was really good at cooking, or he's really good at mm-hmm. cooking still. And mm-hmm. it, they they remark upon how good his like technical skill is, even though he was so yeah. young, right? And that en- yeah. that eventually ends up kind of being uh, like I guess his downfall. It's it's right. what eventually ends up hurting him. Right. Yeah. It is so interesting to see that dynamic, like how Lucy for not leveraging her her talent or you know her innate skill. Uh, is seen as a waste, right? That's like, it's such a waste that you're not a chef. It's such a waste that you're not a sommelier, like that kind of stuff. And then for Graham, it's like, yeah, he actually does use his talent in the industry. And then he's he's seen as like 
being the the star child and like the the envy of people's eye like all of all the other chefs and it, that also like brings him a lot of hate yeah there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of very realistic views of exceptionalism yeah where it feels like and this is this is something that there's a quote in in sangatsu no lion which we'll have mm-hmm. to watch at some point because it's it's brilliant and beautiful and gorgeous. I've, I've, I've watched the whole first season. I'm working on season oh, okay. two right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, like where um, there, there's a very important part where it's just like, you know, you're just like fucking around because you're afraid of seeing where the bounds of your your ability goes. Right. That, yeah. That is okay. That's too real. That that's is so too freaking real. real. <laughs> like this is this is the reason that I don't attach myself to anything too strongly, especially in Overwatch, where I'm just like, I'll play whatever, because I'm, I'm afraid that I'll just, I'll just be a bad player. Like, I'll just put in all the work, and I'll just be a bad player. But and, and it's like, obviously, they're partly unfounded, but, but mm-hmm. obviously they're partly, like, they're partly real, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, what if, what if I come to hate this thing? Or what if, what if because I'm so good at this thing people just don't like me right sure like yeah yeah it's a very real struggle to have it's 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 so difficult it's like yeah i mean as you get older you kind of stop caring about what the people around you think and you basically start doing things purely because you love them regardless of of what people think but that struggle getting there like some people who are like twice my age or three times my age still struggle with that like that's an emotional hurdle that, that I think everyone comes across eventually. So the, like this idea of exceptionalism as othering, I think is really important. And I think to some extent that might be the root of why uh, Chef Bartlett went away. Obviously, mm. we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. That's a mystery. I hope mm-hmm. it's a mystery that gets solved. I'm sure it, it will. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm <laughs> sure it will. Um, but yeah, like that to me, um, reads as what might have happened. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's like kind of what's behind the, uh, the latest seasons of, of Shokugeki. Mm-hmm. Food fascist dictator man, demon lord, is like, I will destroy this world that cast away my precious... Jo- jo- well, what the fuck is his name? Jo- <laughs> Joichiro. My precious <laughs> Joichiro-senpai. <laughs> I will cast it into the abyss and create a new world of gourmet cuisine. Uh-huh. Basically, exceptionalism causes the creation of evil supervillains. Well, I don't know about evil supervillains. <laughs> I just think it's a source of stress, and people might not realize that it's a source of stress. And sure. I, I think there is a, there's a very um, kind of real approach to that. Mm-hmm. I also just appreciate that it's, it's in a lot of ways about emotional and physical trauma and how one deals with that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Lucy is is looking for um, the the chef at Dimanche because you know she's in a lot of ways trying to cope with the death of her grandmother. Um, yeah. Whereas you know Graham has to cope with not being able to to do what he's best at, right? Like he's right. He's not as effective at cooking anymore um, because yeah. because of this thing that happened, and that is the result of emotional stress that was happening, like at the restaurant itself. So yeah. There's there's a lot of exploration of like you know emotional turbulence and and trauma and coping like there's a mm-hmm. lot of coping. Also, mm-hmm. I just love I love the the scene at the beginning when she's chopping up the onions and it's like I'm just crying because of the onions. 
I like how it goes up later and she shoves the bag of onions in her face. She's just like, actually, the onions hurt. These are now now mostly onion tears. It's it's charming. I love it. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the role of uh, indie creators in art. We did touch on this, um, but I think in a lot of ways, it's it's really important for for people like like people of diverse backgrounds to to create things, right? You know, this is mm-hmm. this is the idea of like we have to make our own if we want to see ourselves. Yeah, TLDR. We need more. We need more. If you are a person, make a thing because it's important. Yes, your perspective is important. And I'm gonna be honest. One of my favorite things about this, about like web comics and sort of independent creations in general, is that. There's no need to be coy. We in this yeah. shit for the real. <laughs> like, li- like, listen, I am. I I love anime and and mangoes as much as the next person. But God, <laughs> if I had a penny for every time I've been queer baited, I would have <laughs> enough money to fly to Japan and make an entire animation about like gay people. Uh, I think. I think. There's there's a difference between like being subtle with with the build of the romance or the expression of the romance versus like actually baiting people. <laughs> I I think so too, right? Like <laughs> and this is in a large part a cultural difference where Japan deals with a lot of subtext. And at the same time, yeah. we've learned that they don't have to be. They don't have to, they yeah. They just do. And it's <laughs> it sucks if you're like someone who's looking for representation and that's like the only thing that you seem to get which is like this coy subtext right like i love that we get to just have two mothers and it's just a normal thing right like they just they read as like a family like a normal like a quote-unquote normal family it's just like you're tearing this family apart like that's fucking funny and that's like so real to how families act yeah I I love it, and I I even loved reading the comments who were like, "Wait, so which one is his mom?" And then and then the slow realization of, "Oh, they're both his mom." <laughs> I love this. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like, "Did the author make a typo?" And it's like, "Oh no." <laughs> oh no, it's real. I get it now. <laughs> It's yeah, I, yeah. We need more. <laughs> that, that's a thing that's that's very important. It's a very um, and I, I don't like I. I sometimes feel like kind of weird about recommending something based on like diversity. I guess because mm-hmm. it really is very much based on a lot of like different factors, which you know sort of coincide with each other. But it's a very intersectional comic. The characters mm-hmm. aren't just one thing, right? Like, right. you know. This is this is like what these are Walt's like mothers. They are both women of color and they're gay for each other, mm-hmm. right? And and it's not like a big deal, right? Because that the story is right. not about that. But at the same time, it's not subtext and it's not coy and it's not right invisible, right? It just is, which I I really is. appreciate because like generally when shows present this, they. 
they limelight it in a way that it's just like, oh, look at our look at this special case. Like, look right, at this. Look at this. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> right. Like these kinds of topics that are underrepresented shouldn't be like necessarily like put in a special like little spotlight like all the time. Right. Right. Like to to look at like like hey look at how inclusive our show is because we included this right it should just it should just feel natural yeah and that's I, that's that's a big part of why this works is because it it does feel natural it, it feels yeah. just like it feels as though this is just an aspect of of the world it is a reflection of the world that we live in right um, and that that is. Yeah. yeah I mean I I can understand like in some cases it it is. Uh, particular to or i guess necessary to to spotlight these issues like in terms of like advocacy right um you would of course want to to spotlight like the topic at hand but like in a world like this in a story like this it's absolutely it feels good and it feels right to just have it have have these topics and and diverse you know things happening in the world just exist as they are in a lot of ways, it's mainstream media tends to lag behind uh, independent creators when it comes to um, this sort of thing, and that's mostly because of um, the way that that mainstream media tends to work. Mm-hmm. Like this, the, the, this is the kind of place that you want to look if you're looking for things like you know representation or like like, like sensitivity, I guess, just like anything yeah. that anything that looks like real life. To, yeah. to a to a larger extent than you'll find in in most other kinds of media, right? Exactly. Right, and like of course, like all all credit to all credit to the author, all credit to Lee Hama. Oh, absolutely. Because she obviously understands why that's important. You know why it's yes. important to have this be like a normalized thing, and mm-hmm. at the same time understands the feeling of being being othered. Right. That's that's like very important you, to me. You... And I really appreciate that that that's a thing because like it it speaks to me personally where i'm just like right yeah yeah i i love it because it's i I feel like sometimes people stray away from normalizing these types of scenarios because they feel like it will lose whatever it is that makes it special but that's not the case at all right like the way that lihama like treats it is like yeah like these people like they're special and they, they have their own identities and they have their own very lovely and charming dynamics but they also exist within the space of this world and they fit right in, right? Like it it just feels right. Yeah, they got stuff they got stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> stuff to do, things to eat. <laughs> I th- I think that's probably probably it. Like I think that's all all we can all we want to say about it. Question mark? Anything anything else? Yeah. I I want to tell people read it if you love food and diversity and lovely characters and then lovely story. <laughs> I agree. If I, you yeah. want to read a webcomic, read this. And the best part about mm-hmm. it is you can read it on your phone. Yeah, it's foodie. If you want to read it, you can read it on your phone. You can read it on your computer. It updates every Wednesday and Sunday. And I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to read more. I would say that it, this is a story that, like, if you like comfortable food stories with a little mm. bit of older drama in there. Just a little bit. It always feels like the characters are motivated by something, and that it goes a long way in in creating a compelling story that doesn't feel like it's meandering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if if like you're the kind of person that wants like a food centric thing, uh, this is a good one to go to. It's not as like 
competition focused as yes um, as shokugeki yeah uh, it's a lot more aligned with things like sweetness and lightning but there's mm-hmm. still there's a lot of i guess there's just a lot of of character it's a very unique thing um there's nothing there's nothing quite like it actually and and that's like a big thing that i would say for it mm-hmm. yeah you'll you'll get a unique story that feels good when you read it and it doesn't feel like a difficult read like you never feel like you're slogging through like Oh, they're living their lives, a slice of life. He's so slow or whatever. Like it has a good pacing. And once you're in it, the chapters will legit fly by. Like I read the entirety of it in a week, <laughs> in a couple of days. It was really funny. <laughs> I messaged you about it and I was like, yes. okay, let's do this one. Yeah. And you're just like, um, I don't know. Okay, the art's pretty cute. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can catch up like in before we have to record. And then you're like, well, read a chapter and give it a try. And by the time I messaged you, like I started one chapter, I had already gotten halfway through. I read like 20 chapters in one sitting. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's very good. It's a very fast read. Um, there's not yeah. like too much of it out right now. It's only like 40 some chapters. And yes. each of them isn't super long. And you can read it on They're your not. phone. So... There's yeah. no reason not to be unless you like yeah. don't like what you heard in this podcast. <laughs> Which, if that's the case, we're doing our jobs wrong or right, I guess. <laughs> we're informing the public regardless of how they feel. Right? right, like some people might just not like food stories. Exactly, in which case they'll be like, okay, well, I'll, I'll avoid this. <laughs> or slow burn shoujo romance, but I'm really right. into all of those things. Right. <laughs> That's yep. That's all I have to say about my gourmet hound. Go to me hound. Go to me hound. <laughs> you look it up on the internet and follow the creator because she's great. She's great. Um. Yeah. Okay. So there's a little bit of housekeeping that we have to do. Um, we should probably make some <gasps> things clear within the actual podcast. <gasps> it updates every other Wednesday, probably. You said that you would want to change the day every now and then, right? Well, there's kind of an allowance thing where I have, like, my schedule kind of aligns, unfortunately, with with Wednesday. I want it to be on Wednesdays, but it kind of, um, sometimes it gets away from me. Like, sometimes there's just a lot of work to do by Wednesday, and oh, so I mean, I'll, I'll be forced to push it Would you be more Thursday. comfortable with another day? No, I, I think, I, I think I'd, it just caught me off guard the last the last two times that I tried it, so... This time, like, we're definitely going to get out on Wednesday because I don't have all of those things to do this week. Mm-hmm. And then in two weeks, we'll we'll see where, we're, well, where we are. Um, if there's a okay. change, we'll announce it on Twitter. You can just find updates on Twitter uh, at the at, at Absolute Cast. At Absolute Cast. At Absolute Cast. And, you know, if there's anything, you know, permanent that we're changing about it, we'll, we'll announce it in, in the actual show, too. Yeah. All right, well, what are you up to this week, and where can we find you on the internet? I am going to try making that cheesecake again. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I will tell you all about it in the next podcast. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, I have a convention at the end of the month again, so I'll be preparing for that, making lots of R2s. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Tumblr, and uh, Twitch, all at swandrawn, also Facebook at the same name, and then I have an Instagram, swan.drawn. Cool. (sighs) I'm going to make that cheesecake, and I'm going to photograph it for you when it turns out. 
dandy. You're going <laughs> to ace that cheesecake. Ace it. And I'm going to brand it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, then. You're going to make a custom brand just for your cheesecakes. Just for my cheesecake. <laughs> well, if, if you do make a good cheesecake, be sure to send me a picture because I want to know. I want to see it. Okay. Maybe I'll send you like a little recording and jiggle it. <laughs> yeah. You, you just like you shake it for me. Okay. Yeah. I'll shake it for you. And 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 I'll 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 like judge your cheesecake. I'll just be like, mm. <laughs> this sounds re- really bad. <laughs> I'll I'll judge your cheese. It'll be like, mm, yes, the jiggle factor is an eight out of ten. Uh, the color, I would give it a solid seven, mm, but the taste, I'm sure, is an impeccable ten. If I was there to eat it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where can we find you? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on all the places at Literal Soup, as always. This week we have a labor strike. Um, it is oh. uh, it is the largest Californian labor, I think, and they're striking across all the UCs. Or no, it's the University of California's largest labor union. That's what it is. Mm. They're striking across basically all the UCs for three days. Um, today was the first day, which is why I had to go pick up rations. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, like that's that's just a thing that's happening. Yeah, the, there've been a lot of teacher strikes lately. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of labor strikes lately because um like wages and benefits haven't really been yeah. going up at all. Yeah, it's freaking about time that the teachers took took a stand and like, you know, they they shouldn't have to, honestly. They, they shouldn't have to, you're right, but it it is important and that's the yeah. reason I'm not going to class because I'm not gonna cross a picket line, even conceptually. <laughs> well, I hope I hope it works out for the teachers' favor because it's it's bullcrap what they have to put up with. Yeah, I hope I hope it goes. I hope it goes well. I hope yeah. they manage to negotiate something that mm-hmm. is beneficial for the workers because it's important. It's important. Yeah. What else am I doing this week? Probably not really anything. Like it's week six, I think, of of school. Got like four more, like a month or so before finals. I'm just kind of doing school. I'm just, just, just kind of get into it. Days are flying by, and I don't even like what the what the hell am I doing? <laughs> Sometimes I, I feel like that too. I do not know. <laughs> well, what, whatever, whatever. Well, it's good that that we keep ourselves busy, and like you know, like like basically by the time that I feel like. Oh, I'm done with this podcast episode. Like, it's already time to record the next one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, let's let's just put a lot of work into it. Like, all I have to do is splice it together. No. You can tell we're getting better at doing this because I have to cut less and less. Ah. Which means less work for me and more for you still. Or the same amount of work for you. So it's same. more in relation it's- to me. I actually think I've been putting more work into it because I've been wanting to get more ambitious <laughs> with the videos. <laughs> See, this is this is why I chose this job and not that one. <laughs> like, I like how in the beginning, right, I was very grateful that you were doing the audio because I was like, I don't want to have to listen to my voice. I'll just do the videos. But I have to listen to the audio anyway for the videos. <laughs> Yeah, but you, have, you I can't escape it. Here's the thing though, Renna. You get to listen to the nice audio. I have I have to like make sure that the the sound dynamics work so that whenever you or I like crack up, it doesn't yeah. break. Yeah, yeah. I, I do appreciate the work that you put into 
making sure everything is equalized. Okay, well, that's it. Akechi Goro, eat your fucking heart out. Eat at the gourmet hound. No, eat at the gourmet hound. Don't eat his heart. Eat, eat, eat Akechi Goro's heart. No! He doesn't, he can't eat it alone. You have to help him. No! <laughs> <laughs>